1: Greetings and welcome to the Power Station. This is Under Consultation, an episode by episode podcast guide through the UK's greatest video game challenge TV show and its reboot, Games Master. I am one of your hosts, Luke Owen. Let's
0: get sweaty. And I am your other co host on this journey, Ash Versus. And Luke, it may be a number of years removed, but I'm still. I'm still waiting for the production crew of the Games Master reboot to rumble us.
1: We didn't get found out. I mean, they knew of us. No. uh, They they actively helped promote us uh, because we were featured in the credits of the final episode. Well, the first episode, in fact. We will get into this, but
0: there was this whole thing for me throughout, and even now, and also to do with uh, the Games Master book and Dominic and Jack and Rom, where I still get this feeling of, they do know that we're not, like, huge... Yeah. I mean, we're the only Games Master podcast. Well, sorry, the first Games Master podcast. But even so, we're, we're a big fish in a single fish bucket. Or now, I guess, a potentially a two well, fish bucket. Well, that's exactly
1: it. It's because we were the first. You know, you can't be first, but you can be next but we will always be first. Uh, and, and I guess that sort of gives us that little st- extra standing uh, in the rankings of, of people and influencers to reach out to. I mean, we're going out to people who literally like this show. You could go out to a, an influencer with 12 times the following that we've got, but if only one person on that, that 12,000 people watches Games Master, pointless. Us, though dedicated audience that watches games master
0: so what you're basically saying is they looked at the gaming landscape and the podcasting landscape and they saw us and went yeah better than nothing that's pretty much it i'll take it i'll take the w
1: (laughs) when i look at the viewing figures that we've got i'm like that is probably about as best as you can get for a podcast about games master that is probably (laughs) as big as it'll ever get under consultation it'll It'll do do. and but what we'll not do is just uh you know our our coverage that we've done thus far we covered series eight when it happened in time you know in real time we stopped our coverage of series four we'd actually just wrapped on series four we hadn't done the gore special yet when series eight started and then spent our time doing series eight as we would do normally but it's now been two years worth of hindsight we've now finished the uh the rest of the games master run and then went on a bit of an extended journey, way longer than I thought we'd actually intended it to be, looking at other TV shows that happened in the, the intervening years. And it's brought us to this point. We're going to revisit series eight slash the reboot, depending on what you want to call it, and maybe reevaluate it in some sense. Like, I, you know, I think we were both pretty positive on the series as a whole. It'd be very interesting because I've not watched it since. So, I'm very interested to kind of go back and re watch these episodes and kind of see what I make of it.
0: Spoilers, I don't think I'm going to hate it. I don't think I'm going to do a full 180. I think I will have some comments that maybe I didn't make at the time because they didn't occur to me, or maybe because I was also like, I I was kind of waiting to see what would come with episode two or what would come with episode three. But one thing I think we definitely have on this revisit of the reboot is a greater sense of perspective because we've done all of the episodes of the original run. And we've also seen what came next, what various shows deliberately or otherwise tried to step up into that gap, into the, the Dominic Diamond and Patrick Moore-shaped chasm in the television schedule. And we didn't have that before. no,
1: Or at least not not so fresh That's in exactly the mind. It, yeah, like I think it's... I'm really glad we we did as much of a journey between the final episode of series seven until this point that we've done you know we've done like two and a half maybe nearly th- upwards of three months of of looking at these other episodes that aired other tv shows that aired because i think it's been a really interesting you know way to look at bits and thumb was like let's do another gaming tv show We're trying to appeal to this market and then you kind of follow that trajectory into okay well now online is becoming this much bigger thing and youtube is becoming a thing and and this is becoming a different thing and the way that tv has changed over the years and the way that the internet has changed tv and the internet has changed video game coverage puts us in a very interesting landscape now looking at series eight compared to where we were at the end of series seven and you know the last episode that we looked at for top gear gaming was probably like our most this is what gaming tv Probably could and should be now the sort of digital only or maybe digital first, which is what Gamesmaster Series Eight is. It is a digital first show and then put onto E4. And I suppose you know when we get to the end of it, we can look at this, You know whether that was the right call to make. You know we we kind of chat a little bit about this upcoming in this episode. Perhaps I'm really really excited to get into Series Eight, and this episode here is kind of designed to. You know, what happened at the end of Series 7? How did we get to this point?
0: I mean, there were always rumblings of varying levels of accuracy that Games Master might come back. And, of course, at some point, Future did buy the brand outright for what we have heard through the grapevine was a very
1: low-ball yeah, figure. Uh, the number that we've heard from, from very reliable sources on this was like it was almost pitiful. In a wrestling parlance, it was sort of you know WWF buying WCW for you know only a handful of million dollars, despite the fact that the previous year it had generated mo- hundreds of millions of dollars, like a yard sale type money. Uh, you know, Future picked up Games Master four because they could, they were published in the magazine, so you know it kind of made sense for them to get it. I mean, I could have probably <laughs> afforded it.
0: You know, it was <laughs> that, that kind, kind of, of like. Money. Yeah, I, I mean, I was at the time it was sold, I was working in education, and you get paid
1: terribly in education. And Dominic, and yeah, he's talked about this on, on this very podcast before this idea that they wanted to do a late night version of Games Master, that the pirate ship uh, era of Games Master, of what Series 8 would have looked like. And it would have been much more of, of maybe a, a really leaned into that lad culture show and been very different from the, the Games Master that had seven series been previous. But yeah, you're right. Like there had just been rumblings. It's going to get rebooted, or well, this person's interested, future are looking for this, this person might be curious over here. But nothing ever really came of it. It just remained a magazine until that mag- magazine became uh, uh, out of publish. And it was it was actually it was the magazine that was carrying the name for so many years. I was buying Games Master magazine, not up until its dying day, because I think I did stop when I sort of like, I kind of lost interest in, in video games a little bit, but I was buying it. Well up into the sort of the the mid to late, actually even like late 2000s, I think I was still buying Games Master magazine.
0: It was not a magazine I bought with any regularity in its later years. But if I needed a magazine for a train journey, a plane journey, and I was looking at the video game magazine's aisle and I'm like, well, there's Edge, you know, there's this, that or the other. Retro Gamer was pretty much the only magazine I was buying with any regularity because, hey, I'm an old fart it happens. Games Master would be one of those ones where I'd be like, yeah, let's get Games Master. Let's get Edge because it's a bit more highbrow. And then I've got like, you know, maybe I'll get a classic rock magazine. And there we are. That's my in-flight entertainment sorted if the uh, the in-flight entertainment system breaks, which I've had happen twice on transatlantic flights. And it
1: fucking oh, sucks. That happened when I came back from Peru. That's a long ass flight. And it was an overnight one and everyone else was asleep. And I couldn't sleep. So I just sat there, just I listened to podcasts basically. Thankfully, I was in an era of podcasts; it was fine. But yeah, like I, I was buying Games Master magazine, uh, Retro Gamer, and Official Nintendo magazine. But that was more based on uh, personalities because Gav Murphy uh, and Chris Scullion, people like that. So I was kind of buying based on people that I knew uh, and was like into their sort of ga- their journalism style. But once the magazine died, that was it. Games Master was done and dusted until. Was that meant to queue me up?
0: Yes. (laughs) Oh, right, yes. Until Saturday, the 6th of February, 2021, or thereabouts. That's when it came to our attention, uh, when we were tagged or messaged by a Twitter user. And a guy who I believe was actually one of the people that used to um, tune into Dominic Diamond's Twitch streams, which is how he found us, uh, Eurisco, was the one that said, Look at this. And there it was on four sales. Channel 4 advertising going Games Master Returns and they're looking for a brand partner. And it had a logo, it had some text, and it had an image of Patrick Stewart, which we have talked about far more than is probably necessary. But I still think at that point, it was a case of someone in the press department or the graphics department searched for the wrong
1: patrick i'm pretty sure like i haven't gone back to listen um but we you know maybe we'll splice something in here i think we actually did a google search ourselves like what happens if you just google patrick stewart and sure enough that was the picture we worked out that it was the picture from him from the days of future past poster uh, as charles xavier and we were like oh okay I think what's happened here is that someone has mistaken Stuart and Moore and got the wrong one on this this thing. I mean, you know, it's, it's quite funny. I think it's it's come a bit of lore, really, with the Games Master reboot that, that I quite enjoy. But it led to us, you know, having a chat, sort of sending each other the you know, message back and forth, being like, well, this is quite exciting. And then I just said, should we do a podcast? Because we hadn't really figured this is something we would need to do when covering a TV show that hadn't been on the air for 20-plus years. Do we need to do a breaking podcast? And then, yeah, and we did. And let's just break down this press release a little because
0: it just said, four studios in E4 exploring, rebooting the cultural phenomenon Games Master and are seeking a brand partner to help make the idea a reality. Now, here we sit in 2023. We know what got produced. We were there for part of it. We've talked with multiple people involved. And hey, guess what? We will again. And the show we got was mostly traditional games master with bits
1: of consolevania mixed in yeah the review style is very video guided, like the way that rap does his reviews and stuff and there's more like you know the, the colleague stuff and uh educating grado is very consolevania in a way like so you have to like rap really does bring his flavor uh to what was a traditional games master thing but what's written here is very different from the show that we eventually got because this is a uh, a, a brand partner seeking advert bit of advertising that says the show is going to be five bold celebrities embarking on a gaming odyssey but only one can go on to become the games master champion and take home the golden joystick singular yeah exactly it's team championships <laughs> in a way yeah. like it's a tournament based thing and i don't know whether they would have to like you know would get experts in or they would be partnered with someone but you know this is the idea five celebrities are going to be in a tournament to crown the golden games master joystick winner
0: yes says it's going to be an elimination based series over the three episodes now it's interesting they do say three episodes there i still maintain we were once told more than three but we can cover that when we get to it Five will become one and the winner will be crowned. So each week someone would be eliminated and it would come down to, I guess, the final three. And then one of those three would take the title in the final episode. And they go on to kind of list where the potential for branding is and also the various social segments that could be included, including Meet the Gamer, Gaming Odyssey. Not sure what that is games master trailers i'm going to guess that's basically video game trailers with the games master passing pithy comment speed runs that would have been excellent uh, extended playthroughs that would have also been excellent uh release previews tips from the games master we had some personal experience with that consultation zone and gaming news it's worth saying that we have screenshots of this as it was originally put up when you look at it now, there is no Games Master logo and there is no picture of Patrick Stewart because I don't think they got permission for either of them.
1: I also think as well, because of the Patrick Stewart thing, and you know, like we talked about it on our podcast, it became the big thing about it. Like I remember news articles running this news story when it came out saying, and it looks like Patrick Stewart is confirmed to be the new Games Master. And the more that it got talked about, the quicker it got taken off. Because like it's either you're right, they didn't have permission to use those assets, or so many people were messaging them asking if Patrick Stewart was the new games master. They were like, do you know what, just take the fucking image down. Just take the image off because people are asking the wrong questions here. We're looking for brand partners, not input from people who aren't actually, like who aren't going to pay us to make this.
0: One thing I do want to just say about this whole press release and how it started to get out there is... Given when it broke and when it dropped, I think we were one of, if not the first kind of, I guess, media. And I'm using that in Big Bucky O'Hare because it's two guys podcasting about Gamesmaster. We were the first, I think, media to tweet about it, to retweet about it. And when we did, we made sure we credited our source, urisco. And I'm looking at the rest of you gaming press. There's a number of sites that took the lead off us and none of them credited anyone and they certainly
1: didn't know i was disappointed no no i mean yeah he was there first we met him as well we met him at the tapings yeah really really nice guy and has not had the credit that he that he deserves from uh you know him getting this story out there because him telling us i think sort of spread it like wildfire i'm sure we weren't the only people that he'd tagged he printed out ign you know video game chronicle this that, and the other and it was people who ran with it but not many credited him for it but we were like among the first people to talk about it at length or any great you know depth or anything uh, based on what was written online because we put the podcast out the same day that Eurisco actually within a couple of hours of Eurisco tagging us on twitter we'd put out a podcast that was that was talking about this it's the quickest edit i've ever done i know yeah and we just did content edit bang throw it up there and let's see what happens so yeah it was quite a wild time But even then, we were sort of sat there being like, there's no guarantee that this is going to happen This because it doesn't happen. It literally says here, if, if commissioned, this is what it will be. And the only way this is going to get commissioned is if we get a brand partner on it. And then they did. So game over. We can go home. That's it. We're done. (laughs) Although it turns like we won't actually get that. You know, announcement of who that brand partner is until a bit later on in the timeline. Uh, But clearly, behind the scenes, they got a brand partner because we then started getting uh, messages from people. And I will say here what we thought were claiming to be part of the Games Master production team.
0: I don't know if Kian will listen to this, but when we first got a message from Kian, I messaged you kind of going, Is this for real? like like we thought is someone winding us up is this a hoax is this someone trying to pull a fast one so you know we actually did a bit of detective work we checked out the name and uh, I realized that I'd actually seen at least one of the things he'd worked on and I'm just like well if he is who he claims he is he's in the right position for this to be legit Ken McGillicutty was the new showrunner for Games Master, a title that didn't really exist during Games Master's run. Showrunner is a much more modern
1: phrase from, like, uh, I guess, the early to mid-2000s onwards. It's a very American thing as well. I think Kean even talked about this when we interviewed him uh, on the podcast. He said it's not something that the Brits use. They will have series directors and series producers. They don't tend to have showrunners. So he was kind of like very unique in in that aspect.
0: The only other time I think I've seen it really used is for Doctor Who, because also that did have quite an international audience. Therefore, whilst they may have had various different producer titles or whatever titles, they were also the showrunners. Russell T. Davis, both then and now, is the showrunner. But it immediately put him in this kind of broad, overarching position, and he asked to speak
1: with us. Now I, I totally get this from an uh, you know from one aspect of it because this is a big thing to take on. This is a big project to take on. Kind of it is and it isn't really in a way. And I think like you know when we spoke with Rab, he mentioned this as well. Like he talked about you know the the big pressure of taking on something like Gamesmaster. Master until he spoke to one of his kids who said, what is Games Master? And he's like, oh yeah, I've built this up in my head. It's actually not as big as I think. And you know, I think we kind of maybe fall into the bubble of just like, this is a big project. In the grand scheme of things, it isn't. This is just another TV show. But it is a TV show that's got a legacy and a fandom. And so he reached out to us as two people who are kind of very much within that fandom to be like, what do what do you want? What would you expect out of a new games master? What would you want to see from it? it? Was broadly, you know, the the sort of topic that we were broached with, and that led to us having a phone conversation with him a couple of weeks later. That was literally, what do you want from a new games master? And
0: this phone conversation occurred at uh, nine a.m. on August the second, twenty twenty-one. I've got it noted down, and he said like right at the kind of the top of the call, when we're done with this call,
1: I'm going into my first production meeting. So what a way to kick off the day. I've got a hard out of this at 10am or something like like half nine or 10am or something, because that's when we have our first production meeting. So I literally can't be on this call any longer than that. So no matter how long we talk for, once that time hits, I'm out. One thing I remember
0: me saying certainly to him is like, in addition to being like very flattered that he wanted to talk with us, is we could both possibly the best and worst people to speak to about this, because we are massive games master fans. Hello, 200 episodes, and God knows how many hours and sleepless nights. But we're also possibly some of the worst, because we just accept that things can't stay the same that things will have to change, that certain things aren't going to work in the television landscape of today. And I don't think, and this is with no offence meant to any of the people that don't see that, but I don't think that every Games Master fan sees things that way. So whereas we may look at things like Rab being cast, or them not, CGI resurrecting Patrick Moore and putting Trevor McDonald in. We just look at that and go, cool. The fact that it was mainly tubers and streamers and esporters. I looked at that and went, cool, particularly given the time constraints they were under. But one thing I can safely say is that at varying times, you could see other people that were very big fans of Games
1: Master who definitely didn't think that was cool no people were just like where's dom where's kirk and actually i mean i imagine Dom's probably the only name they would remember or like where's the lad with the long hair uh where's the the cockney lad where's the one in the bandana uh you know like the, the, the things that they remember from the show i kind of you know from a certain standpoint i i also get that because it's the same problem that studios have when rebooting legacy sequels or doing a legacy sequel is you have got to appeal to a new audience so you bring in a brand new cast but as a way to appease the fans of the previous iteration of this you add in and sprinkle in old people from that you know with like jurassic park uh jurassic world you know they would have here is the doctor from jurassic park you remember him right look We've given you your little bit of fan service, and then with the second one, it's like here's Jeff Goldblum, and then with the third one, it's like here's everyone because we just want to put everyone in this movie now. So I, I get it from that aspect of it, but you're right. Like there was a, this kind of it, he could have gone onto that call, and we could have said you can't do the show if you don't have Dominic Diamond and you can't like it won't be good without dominic diamond it won't be good without rick henderson it won't be good without kirk ewing you have to do the consultation zone you have to do this and, you, and we could have been those people but i think you know probably luckily for key and we're not and we were like dude it's your show here's what i like about games master here's the thing that i like about this show and this format and here's some things you could possibly do in a new version of that.
0: I mean, we did definitely say you should absolutely reach out and talk to A, B and C, to Dom, to Rick, to Kirk, to whoever. You should reach out to the old guard. They may not be interested, but
1: you should talk to them because we'd be idiot's not to say that and he'd have been an idiot not to have listened either and like really realistically and knowing keen as you know as we do now it would have been on his list of things that he should do taking on this project would be i've also got to speak to these people
0: and when it came to the idea of like names to throw out that could host a new version of games master that weren't part of the old guard I mean, I certainly looked towards people I was watching at that point on YouTube. And even though technically I, of course, realised there is kind of a publishing house uh, conflict of interest, shall we say, but I held up outside Xbox. A friend of the podcast, Mike, wasn't a friend of the podcast at that point, was just a guy who I saw on the screen. Him, Andy, Jane, that entire crew. I was just like, look at how these guys work together. Look at how they're a team. And that was one of the things I held up. I think we uh, we did spitball some various ideas on settings. I actually can't
1: remember any of that, but it definitely came no. up. No, if I remember the conversation as uh, you know correctly, I'm pretty sure both of us would have said you can't do the consultation zone, and we would, probably would have brought up the fact it's not in the show post series four. It's not as integral to the show as you know nostalgia might have you believe, but also you don't need it now. Like, I don't know how you would do it now because the internet exists and you, there's no there's not really cheats or things like in, in these sorts of games at the moment. So I think we'd have had the conversation of like, of the things to cut, that'll probably be the one of the things I'd have cut. And then ironically, it was one of the things they were bringing back before they cut it again.
0: I remember one of the conversations we had about the consultation zone, and it was about how could the consultation zone be about something other than specific game hints? Because I said, you know, a lot of people are fishing down old consoles out of the loft, you know, because, of course, we'd had the pandemic. Retro gaming became a massive thing during the pandemic. The whole question of, you know, I've got my old Sega Mega Drive. How do I hook it up to my 4K TV? That, to me, for the layperson, is a consultation zone subject. Because they might just go to Amazon and buy the cheapest HDMI converter, and then they'll just give up because the latency, the tearing, the colours are gone. That to me was where the consultation zone potentially had some life is being about video games, but not just this is the Konami code. Make it a bit more you want to play your NES on your new Sony TV, right? Here's the cable you want, or the type of cable, here are the options, you know, that kind of thing. It would have been a bit more niche.
1: But it would have been a way for the consultation zone to live. And I suppose we'll probably get into this when we talk about the, the show itself when we, you know, in the next few weeks and stuff. But the, what it ended up being, you know, me and Ash filmed some stuff for it, as we've documented on this podcast before. But it kind of ends up just being just ask any question you want. Life advice was sort of like, you know, the, the thing I asked about, you know, parenting because I'd just become a dad. And I think you asked about doing a podcast about Games Master and, you know, what else can I do with my life? That's kind of the, the, we're going down the sort of jokey aspect of it. I totally get why they cut it. I totally get why they didn't bother using it in the show in the end. Although I'd have loved to have been eviscerated by Sir Trevor. That would have been great. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. It would have just been big Trev having a bit of life, you know, just poking fun at people. And then it is a little bit of sort of like, you know, punching down perhaps, but it was done, it probably was done in a very tongue in cheek style, but I I think it's probably for the best that they cut that bit.
0: Now, Kian wasn't the only person in production we spoke to Uh, sometime later in September. We did speak to one of the producers on Games Master, Ben, who wanted to talk with us, uh, I think actually just a bit more about the show, kind of go into a bit more the nitty gritty on various ideas they were having. Again, it was really weird to be asked that but also wanted to talk to us about maybe being on the show that's it yeah i think that's kind of a story we can get into when we talk a bit more about our experiences on set which i guess we'll get into when we go over the episodes and reach
1: the challenges we saw being filmed i do remember just because it links back into the, the consultation zone conversation we had He did ask about, like, you know, are there any tips from games that you would ask in a consultation zone thing? And I was playing Symphony of the Night at the time, because of course I was. And I remember speaking to him specifically about a moment that I'd just reached and be like, so, yeah, I'd probably ask something around that. And was like, okay, I'll have a little Google around and see what the, you know, the answer is to your problem there. Um, Almost like in my own personal consultation zone. But uh, clearly still at that point, there was consideration at the consultation zone would be about gaming tips and just something that still shocks
0: me up until this day other than the fact that they never found us out is the fact that at no point from initial contact uh with kian to ben to talking with the various hosts and challengers to getting access to press copies of the show no point were we asked to sign an agreement or an NDA. The trust they put into us was astounding. Like, I've had to sign
1: NDAs for way less. Yeah, it's handshake agreements, I think. And I think that actually just speaks to how unimportant games master really is in the grand <laughs> scheme of things no it's because we're trustworthy luke no it, it, i think it's probably more just that this is not that big of a deal <laughs> no 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 we're definitely trustworthy luke we just had a handshake agreement with him was like oh we're not going to say anything but they didn't. Even, i don't think they really said that in the course i was like oh don't you know don't say anything else on the podcast i think it was just sort of like as an understood thing but again like lucky that it was us because it could have been some absolute tools that just like, you know, recorded the conversation that we had with Gian and just put out on a podcast because they didn't ask us not to.
0: So I guess more or less that brings us to the end of the of the pre-production phase of Games Master because they've been out, they found a brand partner, they found a showrunner, they found a crew, they're in the process of finding and casting their hosts And so now we move on to kind of the active production timeline.
1: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. In days of old, warriors battled to become the ultimate champion. The time is nigh to compete for honor and the golden joystick. Let's get swayed. I'm going to leave you crying. Ah. I we the ah. Oh! Get ah. yes, a full combo.
2: Ah.
1: Most exciting video game show is back. Welcome to Games Master. I've been expecting you. Brand new Games Master coming soon to E4. Watch first on E4's YouTube from November 21st. we could go through the timeline as as we know it but perhaps the best way to get the best look at this timeline and the production of the games master reboot or series 8 depending on what you want to call it is by speaking to someone who was there fairly early doors in the process and one of the co-hosts of the show the lead commentator frankie ward returns to under consultation welcome back frankie
3: hello thank you for having me i feel like i'm a friend of the podcast now can i say that i've been to an in-person event so i feel like I'm part of the community now.
1: You're the
0: only person involved with the show that's actually turned up to one of our live events, so you definitely are a (laughs) friend of the podcast.
3: Well, uh, to be fair to Dominic Diamond, he does live in Canada.
0: Yeah, and and Rab's in Scotland, which is kind of like Canada. They're both cold and slightly inhospitable.
3: Yeah, and Ty's more talented than both of us, so he's
1: just busy. He's just busy being a social butterfly. We have never
0: spoken to Ty. He is, along with Dexter Fletcher, one of our white whales.
3: He's got a proper, like, old school agent, I guess. Maybe I need to look into his management.
0: Look into his management. You don't end up talking to these guys from this podcast.
1: Get representation.
0: <laughs> Twitch
3: streams are done.
1: Don't speak to the podcast guys.
3: <laughs> yeah, I love the podcast guys.
1: we've just covered sort of the February early portion of like, you know, when we started speaking with Keen and stuff, but you were kind of there before we were, if anything, like when we were doing our breaking news podcast about this, you were trying to get your foot in the door to be a part of this show.
3: I I was, I'm sneaky beaky. I do a show every year since 2018 called the PC gaming show. And that gaming show is part of the old school E3 lineup of press conferences, now Summer Games Fest, whatever you want to call it. And I knew that future media who own PC Gamer have the rights to Games Master. So it's not just channel four, it's actually the IP of future. So I was like, this is this is interesting in tower. The people I'm working on this show with don't know the people who would be working on Games Master, but it does mean that there's scope for it to potentially come back at some point. So I was like ears to the ground. And then I saw in early 2021 that Force Studio had started to look for sponsors. So they hadn't commissioned Games Master, but they had a view to potentially recommission Games Master. And then that press release, so I imagine you've discussed on the podcast or we will discuss on the podcast, came out.
1: And it was your email essentially just like, so I've heard that this thing might be happening. And I don't know if you know, but I've got a bit of experience in this field.
3: Yeah, it, kind of. So basically, so I've, I've search things down, right? So I wrote to Ian uh, from one of the production teams, Alaska. So they're not a future studio, but they were brought on board as as a co-producer. Um, I found out his email address. And there's a, quite an easy way to do that, which is just finding out the names of the executive producers and the production managers at, or production executives, I should say, at a independent production company. Because most independent production companies, they only have a skeletal staff unless they're on production. So you don't tend to have producer or series producer working in-house. So, for example, Keane, the showrunner of Games Master, he is not in-house at Alaska TV or Future Media, as far as I am aware, of Future Studios this is now called. So with Ian, because he was an exec, I was pretty sure that he owned the company or was a f- full-time employee. So I just had to track down his email address. I, I don't know how I did this, but I worked out it was just first name at Alaska. Some places it might be like a first initial and then a surname. Sometimes it's like full name with a dot in between and sometimes not. So yeah, I kind of think about these things very strategically and I sent him an email explaining that I'm from the gaming scene and uh, showreel and about working in esports but also, like I said, you know, if you want someone to advise on certain titles, I'm happy to do that as well. That's an email I sent in February, and then I sent one in March to um, the head of Four Studio again. Email wizard worked out what his email was, emailed him, and he replied. Tar for reaching out, nice to email meet you. We don't have the green light for Games Master yet, so we're looking for a brand partner to with slash fund it, but as we do, we'll be working with our production partners to help bring it to life, Introducing you to Laura and Tom, two of our digital commissioners. Now, Tom Pullen ended up being the digital exec at four, uh, for Games Master. So I don't think I got a reply from, no, I didn't get a reply from them at the time, but 4th of August, I get an email from Ian, not replying to my original email. But sending out this email about the audition, part of the email said, your name was put forward by Channel 4 and Channel 4 Digital Commissioners and everyone absolutely loves the idea of seeing you. So that email (laughs) back in March is probably the reason they decided to see me because I don't understand how they would discover me otherwise. So that was exciting. I remember being in my kitchen getting this email like weeks away from getting married and just being like, oh my God, also being like (laughs) four and a half months pregnant knowing that I was going to have a dog drop in from China any moment uh, for their forever home. And everything was mad. And I was going to Romania in October for something called The International that some listeners might be familiar with. It's basically had a $42 million prize pool that year. And it was in Romania and COVID was still wild. So everything was going on. But you don't say no to Games Master. I was so excited. However, I didn't think that it was going to be filming so soon after the audition. (laughs) because I got that email on the 4th and then was invited to a chemistry test slash audition day on the 16th. I remember I did get a bit touchy about it because I was like, God, they want us there for like eight hours and they're not paying for us us for our time. This seems to be something that where they work out what the show is, because if they're using us for that long, and that does seem to me like quite a big use of our time as opposed to an audition where you go in for like an hour and then that's it. So I do remember at the time being, this is cheeky. But obviously... I'm absolutely fine with it because <laughs> I got to do the show. But um, that was my only reservation was like, what's what's going on with this audition if if we are there for like eight to 10 hours?
1: I'm trying to think. Uh, and I think Ash has actually used this as a uh, a quote before on the show. But there's nothing about like you've used before the, the shy boy doesn't get the something.
0: It's an expression I got from my partner, which is shy kids don't get
1: sweets. That's the mm. one. And I was just thinking then because you were talking about like, basically, you got your, you know, the the gig here because you were like, I'm doing this. And you put yourself out there. So I just think it's a good lesson for anyone listening to this. If you want something, just ask. Just ask
3: people and you might get it. I'd say I don't normally get things when I ask for them. But actually, when I think about it, when it came to esports hosting and things like that, I got made redundant from my producer job at Twitch. And I'd done a couple of things part time and I had a reel. So I just sent it off an email. People and asked if they'd use me. And then I got a couple of opportunities and it kind of went from there. So yeah, asking for things, but being prepared. Being prepared to show that you're ready. When you ask for those things, I think that really, really helps.
0: So other than being a bit cheeky, you go down for this audition day, which also is a bit of a workshop day to work out what the show is, which I think really shows because in that initial press release, their thing was like over three episodes, five celebrities will whittle down to one. And they're talking about having reviews and behind the scenes on the games and a whole bunch of stuff that just never happened at all. How did you find that first day? Who did you meet? Who did you you work against?
3: So I don't know if I'm allowed to, to say who was there or anything like that. I don't think it's a secret, but I don't, I don't know what the etiquette is. But I will say there were meant to be four lead hosts who we auditioned with. Um, only three ended up coming because I think someone was up doing Edinburgh and didn't want to fly down for the day. Understandable, because obviously Edinburgh Festival runs from Right at the end of July up until August bank holiday, pretty much. So, you know, that's where your comedians are going to be.
0: I think I know who that was.
3: Yeah, yeah, (laughs) I I think I know too. Um, There were three, like, really different hosts. You could see that they were trying to work things out. And uh, one of the hosts they did audition, I feel like it's okay to say, because she was then a guest on the show, was Snoochie Shy. So Snoochie and Rab being really, really different. And, and Snoochie is so talented and she's like bang on the money for E4 as well. But when Rab came in, he really understood Games Master, whereas Snoochie came in and she was like, I don't really play games, even though actually she does because she made some jokes on the show about like, you know, playing like on the Switch and stuff. So like Snoochie is totally a gamer. It's just I think Rab's knowledge was a bit more diverse. And I think because... Rab was going to be writing a lot of the show that was that kind of breadth was really really important and I think that's one of the reasons why he did make some like (laughs) like near the knuckle jokes politically correct but near the knuckle jokes you know including one line about James Corden thrusting I'm sure James Corden's penis was like one of the phrases he used in (laughs) one of his jokes like we were all absolutely howling I tried out with different people Basically, the setup was you have your host as part of their audition. They prepared some kind of monologue piece to camera, and then they'd introduce their two co hosts who were sat with them. And I would obviously test out with different co hosts. But every co host was obviously different as well. And they'd try different games. The oddest one was commentating doing Spider Man. And it was the Miles Morales tutorial, which is just like web slinging around the room. And yeah. I remember being like, I can't commentate this. And so the host and, and co-host who were part of that trio, those two like obviously got on really well and I think knew each other quite well as well. So the two of them kind of were just like chatting. And I was sort of on the side going, I don't really know how I can commentate this, and I'm not really involved in the conversation. So I I felt a bit anxious after that one because I was like, I, I can't I can't do anything here. I also had to commentate um overcooked and it was our series producer she was doing all the control she was controlling two people and she was phenomenally good at it but I said to production after that test I said I, I felt really like not petty maybe pedantic's the right word like I was a bit nervous about saying because I don't want to be a dick but I just said I think overcooked will be more fun to commentate if you have two people playing because part of the joy of commentating overcooked is people being shit at it and like i'm really good at overcooked so i can like i can kind of gently roast people i can tell them what they're doing wrong and and what they need to be doing like i can have fun with that and so to their credit the last audition i did with rab was an overcooked uh, audition which was great we're meant to do a, a golden eye as well and i prepared so many notes on all the different guns, why picking odd job is cheating, all these different things about, like, why you pick certain characters and and things. And then they couldn't get it to work on the TV, so I didn't get to do it. <laughs> <laughs> but I have so many notes on that game because uh, I didn't get to play it the first time around. I remember watching other people play it. So I was, like, wanting to be so prepared because I'm so used to, like, esports commentary where you have to be really, really prepared. I mean, I don't commentate in esports, but, you know, I, it, that's kind of my approach is to just know everything inside out and then you know have fun with it when you're actually doing the thing but yeah so we tried out with like a lot of people it was a long day it was at not is it Loaded Bar I'm not sure is it it's in Dalston on yeah, on that's loaded Stoke yeah New- it was loaded in Stoke yeah. Newington, yeah yeah Stoke Newington yeah so that's why we did the audition um, but everyone was really cool I got to meet Tom the commissioner uh and yeah the, the most random person who was auditioning with us was Amelia Dimbleberg who is chicken shop day absolute genius so funny and is literally like taking the world by storm don't think she needed to do games master definitely doesn't consider herself a gamer would have still been hilarious on the show because she's a genius but um but yeah so she was she was one of the auditionees but definitely one of the more random ones
1: that's such an e4 choice like a channel Four. it's when you mentioned like you know snitchy show being like a a potential like you know person on there i couldn't think of anyone more diametrically opposed to rab than than yes. snoochie
3: you could have had a show though with snoochie hosting and me and amelia for example like me mm-hmm. being that kind of slight stick up their ass expert in quotation marks because like i don't think i'm necessarily more of an expert than anyone else and then amelia is being the kind of newcomer and then snoochie being that kind of raucous voice that brings everything together like that could work as a show
1: It'd have been a hell of a statement as well. Yeah. Yes.
3: Oh yeah. Well, yeah. You can definitely imagine, right? <laughs> <laughs> Not our games master.
1: <laughs> I mean, Dave Perry had his thoughts on the lineup as it was, but if you yeah, did, if did you go with that say? lineup,
3: what did Dave Perry say?
1: It, it was because Dave was going on. He was telling his, his post on Facebook that, that the show was too woke. Uh, that it was a uh, box ticking, I believe, was the uh, the phrase that he used, and uh, <laughs> he would he would he wouldn't watch it until it stopped being woke. I, I think was his terminology he was using.
3: Is this because of having a black person on the show or because of having a woman or both? Like, which was, I wonder which one he was more offended well, I mean,
1: by. <laughs> it, it could have been that. Non-binary people being on the show as well. Oh, of
3: course, yeah. Shanghai. Oh, gosh. I, d- I just I don't understand like why people would have any kind of issue because we all love video games.
0: Thankfully, our Discord... I mean, you've met a lot of our audience. They're lovely people. We did have a few people join around the time of the reboot and we had a few people try to throw that whole ticking out there. And so I just l- lay into them, not like in an insulting way, but just with facts and figures about proportional representation. And a lot of them didn't actually push back. They just went, oh, yeah, actually, I suppose you're right.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Good.
0: I was overjoyed because I was ready for them to storm off or just start dropping swear words. But it was actually nice to go, no, look, there are a percentage of gamers that are non-binary having... One non-binary games player probably isn't accurate enough proportional representation, but it's a start.
3: I think there are more women who play video games than men who wear bandanas playing video games. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying, I'm just saying, Dave Perry. I've not seen the charts. (laughs) (laughs) I have been to so many gaming lands around the world and esports events and maybe I've seen like one, two people in a bandana. But mm-hmm. I've never seen someone commentate in a bandana. Maybe that was a 1990s thing.
1: I was going through the Rolmuk forums that had like the, the thread about Games Master and they were sort of like charting, you know, the people post this that, and the other and like people doing their updates and whatnot. And someone posted up Dave Perry's Facebook thing about, like, you know, his thoughts on the show and like, you know, when the show was good. And the image that he used, very Dave Perry, was from season three. So it's him and Dexter Fletcher. But the hilarious thing is, and I don't think anyone will knows this but me, it's an image that I'd made to promote an episode that it's from a christmas episode because it's the way that i always do our images to plug episodes and i was like oh he saved that from our twitter profile so he
3: listens i don't
1: know if he listens but he certainly knows of us because i yeah. think he's he's certainly like not interacted with our tweets or anything like that but he is certainly he knows of us.
3: i mean i basically was like a pregnant dexter fletcher in my <laughs> outfit and with my and we hair... We thought
1: it was a tribute. We said that much.
3: <laughs> I've decided it was now. Um, it was actually because I didn't have anything to wear. I think I told that story before.
0: But, you know, moving from people that might wear bandanas to people that wear two hats, how was meeting Rab for the first time and what were your initial impressions?
3: So I do really remember meeting Rab. Obviously, I remember meeting him in the room. I sat down... And I introduced myself and he said, I know who you are, <laughs> <laughs> which is a great way to, you know, make me like you. <laughs> I remember that. And he said he, li- he liked me or he-, he liked my work or something like that. Like he made me feel very comfortable straight away. And he made me feel like he respected me straight away, which was great because that's such a great way, I think, to get the best out of someone because it may- makes me feel like, right, this person respects what I do this this person respects what I does this person respects what I do and then that means I should just do it and also it means he understands how to get the best from me because he knows what my personality is like and he knows my work he might not know exactly how I work but like it's a really good foundation for something so yeah and then he stood up and he did his monologue was absolutely hilarious and then we started doing overcooked I can't really remember how the commentary went I do remember I was <laughs> I was taking the gameplay very seriously me taking overcooked Gameplay seriously does mean I'm getting annoyed. Um, and it was really <laughs> fun. I, I can't remember if I did it with him or one, the other hosts talking about my um, my love of gaming nearly being destroyed forever by Bubsy 3D. I mentioned Bubsy 3D on at least three different occasions during the audition, but th- for some reason they still booked me. Because, yeah, even talking about it now is really difficult for me, to be honest.
1: Now that you've mentioned that, because I've got the, the sound files saved on the hard drive from when we covered it in the podcast timeline, I'm now going to have to drop in some of the, the, the dialogue from that game.
2: Oh, look! An arrow! Aren't these game designers wonderful? Giving you a guidepost to help you find your way! How convenient!
3: uh i can't remember the dialogue i just remember i I, well actually no the voice in my mind the voice is really annoying it's just like the polygons that the empty cold chilly void that is playing that game (laughs) it's 3d but but it's like a landscape of just like it's carnival of the damned it's what monkey island 3a should have been you know (laughs) video game purgatory yeah yeah exactly (laughs) Uh, that was such a niche reference. Um, oh, my God. Anyway, sorry. and I've gone into this little bee hole the buggy <laughs> hole. I can't think of anything because <laughs> I'm just haunted. It's like appearing in my eyes.
1: Did you watch like Consolvania or Video Guiden or any of like rap shows uh, prior to that? Because we've just covered them in our sort of podcast timeline as we're covering you know the TV landscape between Games Master Ending and it coming back.
3: I hadn't I'd heard of Consylvania. that's why I feel really guilty that I wasn't like engaging with that kind of content I think because so much of my life has been esports focused for the last few years as well and so when it came to reading reviews and stuff like that I read the Guardian IGN GameSpot type of thing and just kind of flick through and just see the reviews of things I'm interested in and things like that so I hadn't really engaged with much gaming stuff on YouTube I think also because I've been working for Twitch as well so I was just like everything was twitch and twitch streamer related so obviously once once I'd met Rab and stuff like that I kind of find out more about those things and I think it's really beautiful how that style of making content was enveloped into the games master reboot because I think that's one of the things that sets it apart obviously from from old games master just really making the most of Rab as a personality and, and giving him agency in, in the direction of that show
1: yeah certainly like his review style that he would yeah. do on 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 video guiding in particular is like it's just there in yeah. games master
3: so good by the way i never said that uh ty got cast on a different day but i think i did discuss that on the previous podcast
1: i think so yeah so he wasn't there on the same audition day as you
3: no exactly and that's why i, d- I don't know if it made it into the show but i think it did at one point um we had a running joke when we were filming anyway about the fact that. Tired, beaten, rap like seven one on the audition day. That was kind of something we joked about all the time. Um, but as soon as it was between Ty and Sumpai, who was in the challenge, the face off against MC Fixer, and they're both mates of mine. Uh, she was incredible, to be honest, and like very nearly was cast. Like I don't even know how they decided because both of them were fantastic and worked really well with us. I think Ty had more screen experience and. There was also something about Ty when he walked in through a where it just felt right straight away. As soon as I started asking him about uh, what jobs he does in in Grand Theft Auto, which I know is a story I've told before, like we just knew. Um, As soon as he said, what job don't I do? And then when he left the room, we all looked at each other and we was just like, that was magic.
0: So how long were you left before you found out that things were moving forward and that you were involved?
3: It was an email. I think, and I remember, actually, yeah, I remember being on the corner towards my house and getting this email. Hello, Frankie, thanks again for coming down to the GM auditions. This was on the 24th August. Sorry, I wasn't there in person, but saw the videos, which I really enjoyed. Wanted to follow up with you and start introducing you here to the co-exec, John, and the director, Keen, for who you met at the auditions. So I didn't know, I didn't know that I'd been cast. And then, yeah, and then John Farah, who is just, oh, what a lovely man. So he's the exec from future uh, studios was like uh, looped in. Yeah. And then like on the 26th, um, I got an email from Tammy, the production manager. And she was like, I need to chat about fun fun things like logistics and fees for the series when I go through an agent, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, fuck, I've been (laughs) cast! What the fuck? (laughs) Um, So yeah, I didn't even know what the role was or anything and then I was like, uh, (laughs) yeah, just finding out and stuff. And then um, Tammy was communicating for Emily, the series producer I mentioned earlier, the Overcooked expert. She needed to get in touch with me about filming some VTs. So we started filming the VTs in September. So I think maybe around the 14th of September, middle of September, we filmed the bouncing bum-bums, you know, the interviews with the kids to create that. Kids, video game um that rab then joyfully slags off in that <laughs> vt of him on the park bench when i say video by the way uh, vt videotape basically literally just means a video inserted into a studio show yeah that was the first thing we filmed in the morning then in the afternoon we filmed the green screen um video gameplay what did we call it was it chums no it wasn't it was it chums oh no that's smtv colleagues
0: it was called colleagues
3: It was called Colleagues. I I loved filming that in the afternoon. And then I think it was, maybe it was a couple of days later that we did the armor like um, testing shoot. And that was originally, it was about like testing out the different armor and I was kind of on site and almost like hosting these challenges. And there was one challenge they cut out, which was like, uh, yeah, they didn't have a camouflage one in the final one. They had the assault course and then they had the like protection thing where we were throwing the satsumas, which is the last thing we filmed that day. Um, But there was also like a mission to like hide, but I don't think it quite worked in the context of the VT and then the VT sort of the message of the VT changed in post. So then it kind of had a bit more of that kind of feminist slant on it. So it wasn't actually originally intended as that, or at least that kind of focused on that women being made to like wear, you know, Hmm. next to nothing and then still be. You know, protected in battle type of theme. So yeah, that kind of changed. Emily wrote a really great voiceover for me that I kind of I think I changed two words on it, and that's literally it. Like she wrote that, she was great. Um, but yeah, that definitely changed from the original plan. Was that
1: also your first time meeting Grado?
3: He was there at the audition day. So Grado, uh... I should have mentioned that earlier. Grado was at the original audition day, and I thought he was an absolute hoot. So when I heard he was going to be there on that day, I was delighted. He's so great. We were I mean sat basically <laughs> on dodgy old sofas on this, you know, the pursuits centre whatever it's called, uh, where, you know, everyone gets muddy and does team building things and pretends they're in the military. Um we were there for ages actually, like and it was really nice getting to know Grado a bit better and obviously Rab and, and Ty as well. So that was actually like a really, really fun day. Even even if it was I wasn't always sure what, what we were kind of aiming for with the end product. Um and so I think what we ended up with was really was really, really good. And it was amazing like seeing like Rab in the big daddy cosplay costume, which the production team sort of bought from a guy and um he didn't want it back. So <laughs> Rab could do whatever he wanted in that costume. It was really cool as well, just to kind of see um the creativity from Rab as well, like and just in terms of like what he was doing you know like in terms of the agent on the phone and things like that that's obviously not scripted that's just him making up things as we went along which is really fun
1: one thing actually i did want to ask because it was something you mentioned earlier um and i thought i'd I'd try and pick up on this now you said that they were filming it way sooner than you thought were you under the impression it was going to be like filmed in 2022 or were you told it was going to be 2022 Or was like what was your thought process behind this won't be filmed in 2021 surely
3: I had no idea what the time scale was going to be. Uh, I think actually maybe it wasn't that it was going to be filmed so soon. Maybe it was the fact that I knew very early on once it had been cast that they were trying to release it like October, November time. So that to me was a very tight time frame. It wasn't just that we were starting to film straight away. It was the fact that we would then be trying to get it out as soon as possible because normally in my mind, commissioning cycles, they're a lot longer. So maybe that was just room in the budget um, on the, e4 digital side of things and there was a gap in the schedule in terms of e4 so that's maybe why they were trying to get it out so quickly there must have been some money that was freed up somewhere um and it was very last minute and they needed to spend it or you know not get that budget the following year or something like that I'm not really sure why it was so fast but yeah I think I expected us to be filming maybe end of September or like have a little bit of time as opposed to literally being cast and filming like two weeks later
1: it might have been a sponsorship thing because I yeah. um, the show that I did last year on, on one of our channels, we were going to delay it and just like de- you know air it sort of like October and have it run through into January February. And was like, no, the sponsor needs it to be done by the end of December. Because that's yeah. when the spot that like, then they get a new sponsorship stuff and then we we'll could do something else in January. So we were like, Oh cool. We've got to start filming this next week then because otherwise this ain't going out in time.
3: Yes. Yeah. And I imagine Meta is probably one of the more demanding sponsors. I mean, all sponsors are fairly demanding, but Meta Quest, that was the specific sponsor. Um, probably. Wanted to get out before Christmas, I imagine.
1: I would have thought so. Yeah, they're probably a bit more demanding than Surfshark were uh, for (laughs) us, and even even then, Surfshark were pretty demanding (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) because they announced the Meta partnership then on the fifteenth. So, were you aware that it was going to be a Meta thing, like during the audition phase, or was uh, did you find out at the same time?
3: I found out, I think, when we were filming the VTs because me and Ty actually filmed
1: the Beat Saber one,
3: Um, not the Beat Saber one. No, so. Yeah, I definitely found out the meta involved because of the fact that there was the Beat Saber challenge, right? That that therefore is the product placement. But me and Ty filmed uh, a load of different sort of stings almost. I can't remember the technical term for them, but they're the pre-rolls for each part of the show, you know. Mm. Uh, Games Master is sponsored by MetaQuest. So I did some voiceover for that when we were actually like on site in the studio records just in case that they were used. And then in the end they refilmed everything that me and Ty did with models. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, um that was that was fine, you know. I I got paid I think for that studio day of turning up, so it's not the end of the world. Yeah, I, I can't really remember when I found out. They did give me a Quest too, though at the stu- one of the studio days, so that was cool. <laughs> Finally got to play Beat Saber myself. I haven't <laughs> used it since, but I'm I'm intending to at some point. I need to have Christmas here in my house where we can use it were you any good at it um I was quite good yeah I'm really I'm I would say I'm really good at rhythm games I'm good at you know just dance I'm good at dance dance revolution and things like that so if there's instructions and there's music to it then I'm good (laughs) not quite so good at um hi-fi rush I'm okay at hi-fi rush which is game that came out early this year the rhythm combat game but I think that's because I don't really like hi-fi rush that much and everyone else who's played it seems to love it and think it's like one of the best games they've played so far this year. But for me, it's not It's not something I wanted to spend more than a few hours with. So I, I haven't played it since.
0: I'm, I'm with you. I didn't complete it. I went into it thinking this is going to be the perfect game for me. And yeah, I played it for too. about an hour or so. And I'm just like, I'm going to go back to this other game now
3: yeah tell me the combos you want me to play on screen don't ask me to remember combos this isn't a fighting game i just want you to tell me what to press and i will do it in the rhythm that's what i want from a rhythm game i don't want to have to remember different things like no Sorry, we're going into the present day rather than back to 2021. <laughs> I just like talking about video games.
1: I mean, you, you're in the right place then because <laughs> that's all we do as well. Yeah. So Meta was announced 15th of September,
0: but then 29th of September, you were announced. Did you get the heads up that that was coming or were you surprised when suddenly your casting was public?
3: No, I, they told me that. Yeah, they did tell me because they always ask you for a quote for their press release. So I did know that was coming. And I think they used a photo I gave them because we obviously hadn't done studio days at that point. So sent them a photo, I think, that was taken in my back garden by my husband <laughs> of me, again, looking very pregnant. So we like cropped it out. So it's just like me doing that. <laughs> I've, uh, for the podcast listeners, me just like turning my head over my shoulder and doing a slightly serious face. My hair was glorious. So I was happy with the photo. I had that pregnancy buff hair. It's great.
1: Oh, my wife so misses the oh. uh, the pregnancy hair
3: yeah the post-pregnancy hair not so good although it's coming back oh, now yeah that is Video yeah, an- really hated that, that. Video <laughs> games <and hair>. yeah <laughs> so yeah i sent them a photo that my husband had taken in the back garden for that and and yeah that was that really uh they obviously wanted to make sure that i was happy with what was written and then that, that got sent out um yes yeah, so press release goes out And then we're in the studio like a few days later, I think.
1: Did you keep your casting in it quiet to friends and family? Or was like, did did you want to have the nice shock value of, hey, by the way, I'm going to be on Games Master?
3: I didn't know if I could do it. And I was seeing loads of friends and family for my wedding. So everyone was gathering in Margate on the 29th. And my agent came down, my mate Rich, who I used to commentate with before he became my agent and stuff. And um, I was a bit worried because I had TI booked, and I was like, I have a clash between one of the studio days for Games Master and the group stage of TI, which involves sitting on a sofa and, and talking to people while matches go on. It's not the same as the main event where you had the proper desk coasting, sideline interviews and all that kind of stuff. And he said to me, don't worry, mate, I've sorted it for you. You can do both. Um, <laughs> apologize for that terrible attempt at Leeds Accent, which was lovely because then suddenly, because I've been really like, stressed about it my wedding day because i was like saying to my agents i was like i need to do this this is tv show and they were like yeah but it's a pilot and this is ti this is the 42 million dollar prize for like you can't piss off valve gaben's involved with this one like you don't want to annoy the, the powers that be um and he managed to make it work for me i'm very grateful for pgl who organized ti for arranging it so that i could come in late and also the other talent for not being annoyed at me for coming in two days late so yeah got to do both and yeah i'm pretty sure i did mention it to people at the wedding that i was going to be doing games master but i, I kind of was still i wasn't like putting it out there out there because like you know what's going to happen and also like i wanted people to think more about how nice i looked at my wedding <laughs> 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 i didn't want my husband to like my new husband to think that i was making like the day all about my career like i normally do so yeah
1: how did you find the the reaction to the announcement of the casting and and the, the, the new hosts?
3: People were really positive on Twitter. Like I obviously when the press release was Esports Presenter, I saw I think some people being like, Oh, they're going really like youth because they've got someone who's an esports presenter kind of thing. But I think on the most part, people were kind of cool because people from the gaming community also know me from doing PC gaming show. So they know that I'm not just in esports, but they also know that there's a competitive element to Games Masters. So I think on the whole, it, it seemed positive to me from what I can remember because I am someone who comes from video games as opposed to them booking a comedian. So yeah, I think I, from that's what I remember that it was it was positive.
1: That's how I remember it as well. Like I think you know certainly on our Discord and our the Twitter notifications that we got and everything, and even just sort of like you know seeing what the, the conversation was once that they had announced. You know, it was Rab, it was you, and it was Ty. I was like, oh, it's not just going to be e4 people this is actual like people with gaming knowledge this i think they're in safe hands
3: yeah that's always a nerve-wracking thing right especially from someone i guess with my background which is games master in my mind was like the only opportunity really to do kind of a mainstream tv show about games like i couldn't see myself getting to do it any other way and so that's why i was like investigating and trying to be proactive and be part of it because like that was one of my aims that's one of my uh, dreams you know goals was to be part of the show so um it was nice that they actually did go the direction of people who do really care about the games
0: I think uh, the reaction was was like obviously Rab had his background and even if people didn't know you they could immediately see your esports heritage so they would have a difficult time going of like soapboxing it's the Mm. thing of like well okay they haven't just cast Dara O'Brien no offense Dara love you and yeah, the, the, I was kind of, when the announcement came out, I just tensed. You said the reaction on Twitter was incredibly positive. Those are words you don't often get together. Mm. And yeah, mostly, even, you know, apart from some bandana wearers, <laughs> it, it was, it was an incredibly positive reaction. But as a fan of Games Master, it was a relief mm. because I'm sat there going, oh, thank God they're not being embarrassing. <laughs> to, to, to speak of my fellow gamesmaster fans.
1: Yeah, I mean, we had, and we will talked about this earlier in the the show as well. Like when we did the, the the breaking news podcast, there was still this like unknown quantity of what the show was going to be. Whether you know, it was this idea: is it just going to be Love Island but with games? And you know, that sort of thing. And so once they announced that you three, it was a case of oh. Oh, this is what the show is going to be like. Even I think when we had our conversations with Key and stuff, even then we still didn't really know. And then, but it was that moment of like, aha, so this is what the new series is. Then that's cool.
3: It definitely wasn't, I think, what people necessarily expected, but um, definitely made sense when the three of us were together and stuff like that.
1: I I think it's probably the only thing that would have been like the the negative uh, for Bucky O'Hare is was that Dom wasn't involved. But I think most people had resigned themselves to that Dom wasn't going to be involved or, you know, Kirk wasn't going to be there or Rick wasn't going to be there. I think most people had already decided and and resigned themselves to the idea. It's not going to be the same team that was there before.
3: It would have been really nice to have Dom involved in some way. And I know that Keen was especially keen to have him involved. And I don't know what the conversations were there. I know that they did reach out to him and things. And I know that there were discussions. I... Very much respect, Dom, and he's never spoken to me. He's never tweeted me or made any kind of communication at all with me. And I totally respect that. Yeah, obviously, he's the reason that the show had seven series, despite the fact that he only did six of them. Like, you know, the fact that he was the person who got that show back on air in series four and beyond. You know, he. If I ever had the opportunity to talk to him, that would be lovely. Um, I'm a big fan of his Guardian columns. I think they're such beautiful pieces on. What it's like to not only be a, a gamer, but to be raising a gamer, and I think there's a show in that. To be honest, I think I think there's a show for Dominic to do, um, and maybe it's something that's a bit more introspective and is much more focused on him rather than him presenting some kind of game show about kids playing video games. Because I think when you watch like the latest series of Games Master, they they are about Dom, and it'd be really interesting to know who that guy is now. I'm just like I'm spitballing about the show that I want to see from Don, but I, I'd be, I'd love to see him doing doing a TV show.
0: I had similar thoughts. I was thinking like Mortimer and White House gone fishing, but with Dominic Diamond. Yeah. So sure, they're going fishing or they're playing video games, but that's only really a framing device to talking about life, health, yeah, yeah.
1: mortality. Particularly with the 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 health issues that he's had over the, the most recent months as well. going blind in one of his eyes and things like that. They probably would have some yeah, you a know, fair amount to talk about.
3: it be yeah, it'll be a really it would be an interesting show. And I think it would be a different approach to kind of let's plays, companion let's plays that you see on the likes of Twitch and YouTube and stuff.
1: So the production days, the filming days. A uh, wicked venue. Uh, we like, when they announced where they were filming it. We were like because when they they put the uh, the call out for you know people to uh, apply to get tickets to come down for the filming and it was like oh this is where they're filming it. That's wicked. Bit of a pain in the ass to get to for for a lot of people, but it was you know it was a really cool place. How did you find the the three filming days?
3: Really cool. I mean, this is the lovely thing about working on a TV show as opposed to an esports production. Uh, one you don't have to travel abroad necessarily and two you get a trailer and three tv people like everyone knows what their job is whereas in esports everyone's doing a bit of everyone's job um and i love the teams that i work with in esports but tv has just got like a much more streamlined approach and also with esports it's like you're constantly watching and being on camera whereas tv has so much downtime as well so you can actually be focusing on what you need to remember and things like that because like there was some morning like I say some mornings I mean I only did three days in the studio but I was finding out what games I was doing in the morning of for a couple of times and I prepped the hell out of things I had to do 12 games in three days and most commentators in esports, for example, I know this isn't esports, but they specialize in one. <laughs> and I was so worried in case like I didn't pick up on the right details and things. I was prepping Mortal Kombat for a really long time and Ketchup and Mustard really helped me actually in advance. I got in touch with them because we're sort of in the same circles, but we'd never met in person, unbelievably. They were really helpful. Um, but yeah, I was like making notes and prepping and we were going to do smash bros but then that was part of the little lad larry stuff and we couldn't do that because it's actually technically a 12 so that got swapped out those days were like me prepping before the show of just like what were the key talking points about the games what, what are the things that people in the audience watching this need to know um and just like working out that kind of thing um so i'm really grateful that we had the space on those studio days to do that the other thing is like if you watch the show back I don't know if it's in every episode I do remember it being in one episode there's like a crane shot and you can see there's a blanket on my lap because it was really (laughs) cold and I was seven months pregnant and um I love floor managers floor managers are my favorite people to work with whether it's like tv not that I'm doing many productions obviously of that ilk that style of crew and then the kind of esports crews like floor managers are just like, alongside makeup artists, because I spend a lot of time with them too, they are my favorite people on production. If you don't know what's going on and a floor manager doesn't know what's going on, it's because something wrong has happened elsewhere and someone someone else (laughs) hasn't done their job properly because a floor manager always knows what needs to happen? They're the ones who get you from A to B. And the floor managers on Games Master, obviously, they're looking after you guys in the audience. And they were being very kind to me and making sure that I was warm enough and had tea and just, yeah, absolute diamonds. I mean, every single person who watched on that show was absolutely brilliant. I had a blast. Yeah it was just really nice like I really really appreciated and loved doing those studio days even though it was mildly terrifying doing the commentary when we were actually doing it I didn't feel nervous I got really into the games and and what was happening around me um I I felt very supported to do my best work even though actually uh, technically from a commentating staff it was actually quite difficult because of stuff to do with audio and things like that but that wasn't anyone's fault. That's just one of those things where you're literally doing this for the first time. So no one knows quite how it's going to work. And I only got to commentate one thing before we actually, the audience came in. We did like, I did a, a test commentary of like Tekken on the first day. And Tekken, we were not meant to be doing at that point, by the way. That actually got added on the last day of shooting. Me and Rap, that's the only time we got to practice commentary before we recorded anything, before we recorded a challenge. And you can't retake really a challenge that is mad that our first cast together, our first proper cast really was, and um, by cast, I mean commentary, um, was during the show. Like this. Yeah. I, I think if we were to do it again, obviously I'd let him get more of a word in race because <laughs> <laughs> it is mostly me talking because some of the challenges are so short that I'm trying to get all the points out, you know, um, whereas in the FIFA and the Mario, we've got a little bit more space to kind of have that, but, we didn't get the I think I was really happy with our kind of in commentary relationship given that we we didn't get time to like build what that was um and that's testament to Rab like giving me the space to do what I needed to do um so I would want to be more generous back (laughs) if we ever got to do it again
1: you you said then like the audio was it like hard to hear what you were saying, was it the, the the headphones?
3: Um, I can't remember. I just remember it being difficult. So one of the things was, so my production um, communication came via something called a Whizzy. That is your spy earpiece. So it's a tiny, tiny flesh colored uh, sort of thing. That's no more than maybe one and a half centimeters that goes into your ear. And it's got that tiny invisible wire and they're worth about two grand each. And I was positioned above a grate a Victorian great, and I was terrified that I was going to drop it. So I kept it in like a little paper kind of like coffee cup. between. (laughs) Because what I worked out was that once we started doing the first cast, I realized I was having too much audio in my ears. So I just like took it out like it was a dead tooth and plopped it in between between commentaries. And then just, yeah, put my headphones on. And then I think I was okay after that. I can't remember if it was to do with the audience or something. I know the audience couldn't hear us. And at one point, I think during FIFA, I was trying to like communicate with the audience. And I realized later, oh, they couldn't hear me because I think that's another thing that would be a tweak. Obviously, if we had the opportunity to have another series or we had more time between episodes, it would have been get that audience noise involved. Um, I think that was something that was a tricky thing to do in the moment and, and in the venue and stuff.
1: We were there for that FIFA challenge as well. And yeah. we we, we, could tell, we didn't hear you.
3: yeah but the audience were getting so into it like that was one I was quite nervous about and I really loved the FIFA challenge it was one of my favourite challenges
1: that was uh, the challenge that me and Ash got told off in (laughs) yeah
3: for being too enthusiastic
1: no we were watching the wrong screen like for the Ah! shot that they were doing because we found from where we were stood our best like Viewpoint for a screen was the high was the big screen behind. Yeah. But it meant for all of the shots. It's just like the back of our heads. Yeah. And I'm as a, a, a balding man, it's not an a, attractive thing as well. Like it's not the shot they're after. What they were looking for was all of us looking towards the same screen, looking directly ahead. Yeah. And yeah, we got told off for, for oh. looking at the wrong screen. But we couldn't see the other screen as well.
3: Yeah, <laughs> which exactly. is why we kept turning. Exactly. Around. Exactly. I think that's fair enough. I think that's allowed.
0: We did as we were told. We looked at the screen that we couldn't actually see, and we were very, very enthusiastic. Yes,
1: we yes. were. Yeah.
0: Speaking of that FIFA challenge, and I know this is something you contributed at our live show, which you attended. Oh yeah,
3: yeah yes, I spilled the beans. Can, can we
0: get those beans respilled, perhaps?
3: Yeah, sure. I mean, I was on the Monday. Oh, not the Monday. Maybe it was Monday, the first studio day, because I don't think we had a rehearsal day. We literally was in. Yeah, we were just in studio, and that was like. In the morning, found out that the original person who was meant to be doing the FIFA challenge wasn't available, so I just like sort of slid into the DMs of a few FIFA sports pros that I previously interviewed, and then Shells was up for doing it, um, who plays Man City, so got him down a couple of days later. Uh, like kudos to him, like such a random thing. Hey, do you want to come do this like TV show for you for and like do a ridiculously hard challenge for a game that's only just been released to the public? So.
1: Yeah. Because it's a nails challenge.
3: Uh, Like, I knew he couldn't do it. I think he knew he couldn't do it because the game, you know, it's broken for the first few months. And I said to production, I said, I really need this to be in the show, that this game has only just come out. So not only is the challenge already difficult, but the challenge is even more difficult for the fact that the game's not balanced yet. Um, Mm. And I can't remember if that did make it properly into the show or not, but I I think it did in some aspects, maybe, because, like, I was really, like, determined to have that reflected because shells is an incredible player i mean fifa pros are something else and i think that's hard to tell sometimes when you just think of like fifa like how could someone be pro how could someone be technically incredible at this game like it's a Sure, it's just like a couch co-op with your mates, but actually there's genuine skill involved.
0: It did make it into the broadcast. I think the emphasis was on that this is new and hasn't had much time with the new version. Don't
3: upset EA who have let (laughs) us put this game in the show, but also, you know, let's just let the audience know that Shells is actually hot shit. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) there you go. It
0: still is legitimately my favourite challenge of the reboot. I don't think us revisiting those episodes is going to change that. And it's one of my favourite challenges of all time because you've taken a pro had made him the underdog. You're right, probably couldn't do that challenge, but it was so tense. And I think if it had been an easier challenge, there were some people in the audience that would have gotten behind the computer. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's an old school Games Master approach, isn't it? Um, yeah, that's a really good point. Um, everyone was really on his side and we were. me and Rab were just like, he's going to do it, he could do it, he could do it. We were so guided that he didn't. Yeah, it's true. And they obviously had to cut that challenge down from six minutes to like three in the edit. And that's the only challenge really they had to cut down. Everything else was so short. Some of the challenges were shorter, I think, than anyone expected them to be.
1: I remember that being quite a long challenge in the in the record, but I remember also coming quite late in the day that we were there, which kind of brings me to the question I was going to ask, which is how did you feel about the sort of the 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 overall stress? Because we could feel this tension amongst the production crew of this is running long. Because it ran longer than we were supposed to be there. Yeah. And there were people who needed to go home. So there had to be a call out of like, if you need to go come speak to us and we'll arrange it now. But if not, we have to arrange some other transport for you to get out of here.
3: So for me, I'm very lucky. I'm someone they're going to be organising a car for. So for me, it was just like, I will be here as long as I need me to be here. I'm used to longer hours on, on the other broadcasts I do. So... Like, I can deal. I think I definitely was tired at points because obviously the pregnancy thing does affect your kind of stamina things. I think the biggest thing for me was the cold. Every time those doors were open and I'm having to take that blanket off, like, I was getting really cold. Um, so for me, that was the main thing. So I was just like, if someone could bring me some, like, herbal tea or something because that's the only thing I really ask for in shows it's like dark chocolate satsumas and like herbal tea <laughs> those are the things if if anyone's offering to get me some stuff in then those are the things I ask for yeah I I was obviously being more looked after probably than anyone else in that building because yeah again got to play the pregnancy card so <laughs> yeah for for me it was fine I just I didn't want anyone on production to stress out and I knew that we would pull the recording forward the, on the final day and we just got challenges done on the final day that we couldn't do on the day two because we were wearing the same things every day and shooting the challenges out of sequence. So, in, so that's production speak for, we were not filming one episode on epi- or day one, one episode on day two. We were filming challenges that can be mixed and matched across episodes so we had an idea of which episode which would have the challenges because obviously of the format of little lad larry challenge mates having a challenge you know potentially like pro or streamer having a challenge right that was the structure of each episode so there was an idea of what was going to be in each one but you know you need to have that leeway just in case to kind of move things around
0: a little while ago you mentioned obviously that the uh, smash brothers challenge had to be nixed because of age rating thank god but it does make me wonder when we talked, obviously, with some of the other crew and when we've looked at other modern video game shows, licensing games appears to be tricky because people now know the worth of video games. Are there any games you can remember that were mooted or hoped for to be used in the show that just ended up not being licensed or, or nixed at the last minute?
3: I think everything made it in that they wanted it to. Emily, the series producer, she's the one who's dealing with all that kind of stuff. So she is your, your woman in the know when it comes to that thing. So get yeah, Super Smash Bros was next like day of because of the because of the age restriction um not that we didn't have the rights to do it because obviously we did Mario Kart as well. So there was definitely a relationship with Nintendo, which I should probably like bug Emily about because having a relationship with Nintendo in the gaming industry is really difficult. Like I need her contacts because I remember sitting in the trailer and I was looking at my Smash Bros notes and I was being like, okay, so if he's playing Mario, then Zelda's a really good counter to that because of the verticality. And I was literally just trying in my brain to work out like what that matchup could be so I could focus on it because I find like... Tekken's 52 characters, Tekken 7, like... And I didn't know at the time I was going to be playing that. But even with that in mind, that's easier for me than Smash Bros. Because I know Tekken and, like, that kind of game is all about blocking. Smash Bros. is not. Again, traditional fighters, blocking safe moves, unsafe moves. And I know there's that element in Smash Bros. But it's just, there's so much going on, I just... My brain does not compute. So, yeah, I was really glad that that got nixed.
1: Because you mentioned the Tekken Challenge got sort of added in late... Was it supposed to be... I mean, you can't remember if it was supposed to be a different game or whether or not it was actually just a late challenge that they put in.
3: Yeah, so Dev was the celeb on the show and... Because it's him I think versus Ty. it was Ty. a bonus challenge, yeah, because it was the tie thing, the tiebreaker. I remember hearing that that was going to happen. And I know Dev's a gamer because I literally my first ever gaming esports production was this League of Legends thing that Dev co-hosted with Julie Hardy. So I was really excited when I heard he was going to be on the show because, like he was there the thing that made me want to go into gaming but finding out Tekken was in the morning I was like right Ty is playing Eddie Gordo I I promised that it wasn't a diva moment it was just me saying to production I was like Ty's gonna play Eddie Gordo like just really calmly because I was like there are a lot of characters in this game and I really need to be able to focus on the key things and there's so much you can say with Eddie compared to like other characters maybe like Paul obviously um you know uh the a few few different characters obviously hachie and all that kind of like core Tekken and roster you can talk about but eddie is memes and baiting and annoyance from the play about his face so i was like this is the best thing for the show if he plays this character but also from a selfish perspective it's the best thing for me if he plays his character and therefore not gonna affect his best thing for the show um and then i I think I briefly mentioned to Dev and the makeup truck or mentioned to someone else in production. I was like, if he could play as Xiaoyu, that would also be really helpful because of the Tekken 3 demo disc uh, where those were your two playable characters. And that's what happened. There were certain things I had to do on the days around when I found out that games were being added or changed that like, I I was kind of like, right, this is really what I need because you're kind of asking me to do the impossible here. <laughs>
1: Did you film anything for the Consultation Zone?
3: No, I didn't. No, I'm sad that that got removed. I wish that could have been like a social extra or something because that would have been fun. But um, obviously, Trevor wasn't cast at that point. Trevor McDonald wasn't cast
1: because when we were there, we, me and Ash, filmed something for the Consultation Zone, which obviously then you know didn't get used or anything. But even though we'd been branded the podcast guys, uh, and I think some people thought that we were trying to find some scoops or something that we could leak it on our our little podcast that which we'd never really intended. They were like, you know, they were kept saying, Oh, yeah, we know who it is. Mm. And, but uh, I think we've always got the impression that they didn't know who it was. But I think they were just trying to play with us as as the podcast guys that they knew who it was.
3: So during filming, I had suggested some people. When I wrote, saw Keen, I would like, I would suggest people. We kind of spitballed a little bit. Um, I suggested one person and they went into negotiations with them. And they would have been amazing um but because that didn't go somewhere i can't say anything about them (laughs) give any (laughs) hints about their identity
1: what a tease but
3: (laughs) but being games master know that it is a a british legend uh i think i can say a woman i think i can say that um but i can't say anything else but she just would have been filthy and would have been funny and just yeah iconic i mean she is iconic and so is Sir trevor mcdonald and this is the thing right i went into the studio i uh, want the studio i mean the the P- victorian poo pumping station as i affectionately refer to it i went in on the second or third day i think it was the second day and i said to keen we thought about Sir trevor mcdonald because i would text him i would whatsapp him ideas and stuff but When I mentioned this later to Keen, he said his girlfriend had suggested to him Sir Trevor McDonald. So I can't claim that I helped them cast Sir Trevor McDonald. But they did go into contract negotiations with someone else I previously (laughs) recommended. So all I'm saying is maybe I helped Sir Trevor out and threw him a freaking bone. Um, But (laughs) not that he needs it. I am quite conscious about that because now I'm like, claiming something that was probably someone else's idea so I don't want anyone to think I am that guy because I think when you think about it Sir Trev is the obvious choice for that role and I have a feeling that multiple people suggested him and he was even better I think than I personally thought he was going to be I think that the writing on the show for for Sir, Sir Trev was brilliant and I think he embraced it wholeheartedly and was just such a highlight for that show. I think, yeah, he was he was a gem. And now I am very conscious that I really do sound like I'm tooting my own horn if I did suggest <laughs> him uh, because he was so great for the show. <laughs> um, so I think there was a I think there was a bunch of people who probably thought of him because you're thinking of someone who is iconic. You're thinking of someone who at first the audience doesn't necessarily go straight to, and also someone who feels Channel Four. And he ticked all of those boxes.
1: Because I think the name that we either heard on the production, like, you know, they sort of like, it was sort of being bandied around or something, or someone had told us, oh, I was told this when I went down to film my consultation and then this is the person it is The name that we got told was Louis Theroux. And I no. thought, that's an interesting one. But I Never. did. But we, but that's what we, we were like, we're like, we're not taking anything on this. It's just, that's the name that we'd been, we'd been, we'd been told.
3: No, that honestly, I never heard, like, Louis, I mean, Louis Threw would be an incredible guest on Games Master, but his name never came up as, in any conversation I had anyway. Maybe they did consider him, I can't say for sure, because I wasn't being told the casting decision, but, like, I do feel like it was a fairly open production in terms of co- those kind of conversations, the fact that, like, they were open to me suggesting casting and things like that, like, for example, Shell's doing the FIFA Challenge and stuff, like, they were really great, actually, like, when it came to me saying, right, I think they need to play these characters or this, that and the other, they listened to me. It was amazing. Again, I'm, I'm not used to that necessarily on the productions I do. But yeah, Louis was never mentioned. I don't think Louis is old enough. Um, I think he's old, he'd be perfect for a celebrity challenge. But in terms of as like a games master stalwart, he's also very bbc Yeah, and so Trevor McDonald had just been in the Channel 4 Black and Proud season, I think. And that is why I mentioned him, because I had seen him on all four. And I'd previously associated him with ITV. And suddenly he'd done a show for Black and Proud that had uh, been received really, really well by all accounts. Annoyingly, because this was two years ago, I can't remember the exact show. I just remember people talking about it at the time. No, that's it. He did Countdown. He did did Black and Proud season Countdown. Yeah. And was brilliant on it. And that is why I, I was like, right, he's, channel, he's perfect for Channel 4. So I was thinking about things from a commissioning perspective because when I worked for Channel 4 as a digital producer, I was technically part of the commissioning department. So yeah.
1: I think that's what tipped us off that it probably wasn't low age was the BBC yeah. thing. I think we yeah. even said, that sounds like someone has said this to try and throw people off the sense.
0: I think
3: so, yeah.
0: When uh, there was the final episode viewing party thing, there were number various people in the production crew there in various states of inebriation <laughs> who at that point, didn't care that I was one of the podcaster guys. So, um, Luke, blank these names out. So mm-hmm. three names I heard. <gasps> and...
3: ah, You know what? I think I did... Yeah, I heard... Yeah. As a name. I never heard... Maybe I did hear... Oh, I don't think they would have cast them. They would have been way above budget, I think. And way above availability. I mean, definitely makes sense as, as casting. I think he would have been really good. I don't think as good as Sir Trav, though. No, but, um, but yeah, it makes sense. casting for sure.
0: So you wrapped on the final day of studio. Well, location, location, intersect studio. What was left to do at that point? Because you'd already done some location filming. How much more time did you have involved in the project before you were just kind of waiting to see the finished product or at least a rough draft of the finished product?
3: So ADR was next. That was kind of just refining some of the commentary bits. Um, some of the audio would, would have been kind of slightly... Balked by the fact that we're in a Victorian sewage pumping station and you know you have an audience there and all that kind of stuff. And also it needed to be re-recorded in part because of the challenges being cut down as well. So we didn't really add anything to the commentary. It was much more just kind of refining it. That was fairly simple and I needed to record like a voiceover and stuff like that. So I think I came in to do maybe I did two episodes back to back and then I came in for the third. I think I did a couple of, I think I did a couple of days, basically, at the ADR studio. I got to, like, bump, crossover with Ty at one point, which is really nice. Yeah, that was, that was that, really. And then we did some press stuff, and that was kind of it on the show. So we did an interview with The Enemy, and we did an interview with The Guardian. Obviously, I spoke to you guys, uh, but that wasn't through Channel 4. That was, you know, directly. And I think that was... That was it, really, until the show came out.
0: You were the only person we spoke to that uttered the words, I've got to check with production. (laughs) Rab, no shits to give. He was just like, yeah, I'll talk with you. It's fine. Don't care.
3: (laughs) Yeah, he's fine, though. He's got his own, like, blooming multi-series like sitcom and BBC Scotland he's fine he doesn't need to worry about a three episode <laughs> pilot three four
0: he's filming at the moment which is why he's not on this
3: call of course, with yeah, us yeah, now filming the Scots probably I imagine and he was yeah, also yeah, yeah. writing um, a special for Hogmanay at the time that we we're doing Games Master as well so he was super busy
1: how aware were you like obviously I'm not trying to say like, to our own horn or anything I was just curious of like because we when we arrived they said oh you're the podcast guys
3: maybe Keen mentioned I think I did know that you guys were coming because maybe you already spoken to me before the show
0: we met very briefly at the end of recording you came over and said did you have a good time Uh, but i think um we first established contact with you 20th to 24th of october yeah it's
1: end of october
0: so after we filmed,
3: yeah unfortunately i'm so annoyed at myself i can't remember because i was my brain was so like a flurry of like trying to make sure i knew these games but also straight after games master i was going to romania and mm. I was covering like 24 teams, I think it was, or something insane. It was 16, or it's 24 teams from around the world in Dota, and it was my first time doing Dota, and like, and it was the sort of most prestigious tournament in esports, essentially. So I was just like all over the place. And let's not forget, very pregnant, very pregnant, and very. hearing that Romania and, and b- was probably going down like into lockdown and things like that, and I, I didn't even know if it was going to be safe for me to go. So it was like. It was wild. (laughs) I think my brain cut out certain things just to kind of like protect my sanity, I think.
0: When did you get your first kind of look at what this mad flurry of filming activity was actually becoming?
3: During the ADR sessions, that's when I knew. And I really liked it. I got to see the opening titles at my first ADR session. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. And I got to see Trev as well and was just like, this is brilliant. So good, yeah. Seeing it on the big screen in the ADR studio because the ADR studio has got like a mini booth where you record, and then it's got like a viewing studio attached. You know, like a sort of ten-seater kind of cinema thing with a sound recording desk at the back. So that was that was kind of when things felt even more real. You know, you're in this space and you're like wrapping the show, and you can see on screen, you can see how it looks, how good the venue is, and like what the style of the approach of the show is going to be, and like. I think I got to maybe got to see some of the the VT stuff. Obviously, I got to see the VT that I did the VO for as well. Um, and yeah, seeing the show come together, which was really cool. So we kind
1: of, I suppose, we could kind of jump ahead to like because all the episodes aired, you know, aired on YouTube, then aired on E4. And uh, Ash was was very fortunate enough to attend the uh, the wrap party. Uh, for this, with the the final episode, I was uh I, I was in new dad mode. Like I was uh, I didn't think I was going to be able to go to the shoot because my kid had been born like uh, a week before the the shoot day, and like I, I was I was on my yeah, paternity leave. Time. I was on my paternity leave, and I said to my was like I kind of would want to go to this, but I'm not, I'm not saying I, I want to go to this. And she said to me, was like I think you probably should go. I'll be okay for an evening uh, or a day, as it ended up being but I didn't get to go to the the, the rap party. So we kind of talk about, you know, the, the production, and you know, the, the airings of it and stuff. But how did you find, like, especially now with a couple of years of hindsight, the reaction to the show and sort of the, the, the reception that it got?
3: So I wish that I had taken the time to enjoy it more. I was so nervous that I was going to get death threats because of being a woman commentating video games because of my experiences in esports. I just thought that I was going to get loads of negativity. And as it turned out, there are a couple of negative reviews. One kind of user generated content piece for the Metro where it was kind of similar in tone to that guy from like DVD review or whatever it was called, who obviously wrote such a toxic, bigoted review of the show called me a token woman. So in other words, I got off lightly, whatever. And then promptly got themselves removed from the Channel Four press list because they broke embargo for a start, and then they were horrible. They were not reviewing a show; they were trying to character assassinate, but actually they ended up assassinating their own character in the process. I look back on that now, and I am just like, why I should have just like been in my element and stuff. But you know, I suppose you are nervous because you don't know what it means for you and all that kind of stuff. And like for me, when I look back, I wish that it'd been on Channel Four, not E four because I don't think that the show that was produced was right for E4. But I don't think any show would be right for E4 as E4 is currently scheduled. E4 is obviously very female skewed. actually skews sort of kind of late 30s, more than teenagers you'd expect. But also if you look at the shows that are programmed predominantly on E4, it's Made in Chelsea and it's Married at First Sight, Australia and UK. So even when the show was... Being put out on social media, it was surrounded by married at first sight clips. It didn't make sense within the branding of and, and scheduling of the channel and their social media. And now four is different. They've they've got their own um, dedicated kind of new release platform on YouTube, and I think that would be really interesting. I think if Games Master came out now, it would be slightly different, maybe. But I think the positioning of us on E4 would have worked ten years earlier when e4's branding like we I literally worked on the e4 kind of gaming platform like when it was a little bit more kind of scrappy and experimental and I guess had the budget to do so and was more direct opposite to uh, opposition to bbc3 I think that's when games master would have been right for e4 as it is I think it was a late night channel 4 show and I uh, because it was a sort of pilot run we didn't really get too much promotion there were some trailers and stuff like that but it's not like we're on billboards or like had like a heavy marketing push on external websites or anything like that i mean we're lucky that there were some game sites that were interested in in talking to us um oh yes nintendo life as well was it nintendo life i'm so sorry yeah it was yeah yes who also spoke to us and was lovely apologies apologies um but i i, I missed that as well so yeah we did obviously the three set up press interviews I look back and I'm just like, I, I wish we could have maybe had a bit more resource because we had to put this show together so quickly. Um, but I also think that what we put out in such a short pace of time was was really great and was a homage to to that gamesmaster of the past, but still felt very fresh. Like, and that's in huge part down to Rab and everything that he did and put into that show with the the VTs and the script and things. And you know, I was writing the script for my bits on the days we recorded them. I was literally sat with the audio operator dictating the script because the scripts only were sort of like roughly set out in the days before we filmed and rab was literally like working around the clock to to flesh out those scripts with, with jokes and and you know what he needed to say so the fact that we managed to do what we did i think is something to look back on with you know nothing but positivity really for me i just would have loved to have obviously got to do more and kind of develop that and develop my own voice within the show again from a selfish perspective I understand to make it on tv you have to kind of have that attitude and actually get to do a bit more outside of the commentary because I think that um I was just not just the expert but that was my role right to be the expert and not really to have much scope to be myself beyond that and you know if you're being the commentator you have to be very like not selfish it's not and, and this is the thing the show is not about me and it's, it would never be about me but to contribute a bit more would have been kind of nice i think to do some more vt stuff and stuff like i had so much fun doing the colleague shoot and obviously they could only show a small part of that but those are the segments where i think i really got to be a geek and um and sort of yeah show a bit more
1: i mean i bought uh can't drive this off
0: the back yeah, of that was colleagues.
3: so fun. <laughs> oh my God, I can't drive. This was so fun.
0: I think there were a lot of segments like Colleagues where because they talked about social first and this, that and the other, part of me was go hoping, are they going to put, gonna put extended cuts yeah.
3: out? Yeah, I think it depended on what the sponsor was going to pay for. And obviously the thing the sponsor paid for was those elongated kind of VTs from each episode. So obviously the Beat Saber one, which was a brilliant challenge and so well edited and like the most memorable thing from the trailer was the the moment when the beat saber cuts from being in game to the guy doing that on the green screen and like really showed like that this show was like a modern take on games master it was still silly it was like still slightly kind of like poking the ribs of the people on the show but in an affectionate way and it was yeah like silly i, I think it showed it really really well
1: as I was mentioned earlier, I was going like through the 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 Mc forums that was kind of like, you know, talking about what their thoughts on the show and stuff. And one of the comments that really kind of struck me, because I hadn't really thought about this myself much. So I thought I'd ask you if you'd thought about this, who was the target audience? Because mm. there was like this debate of just like, oh, this feels like it's a kid's show. And then someone said, It's on at 10 PM on E4. This is not a kid's show. Like it's it's that's not the target audience. And then there was this big discussion of like, I'm not sure who this this is made for. Who did, who did you think the target audience was for it?
3: I felt like maybe Late Night Channel 4, I didn't feel like it was a kid's show just because it had Little Lad Larry. That was a homage to Big Boy Barry. That was not, to me, that was not a kid's show. I mean, they obviously edited it so that it could be suitable for more on, on YouTube. So I think that if it wasn't going out on YouTube, then maybe it would be a bit more kind of edgy, so to speak. I think that the audience for the show should be, or like the audience we should be targeting is that show that audience, sorry, of, of people who are slightly older video gamers, like they have that slightly disposable income. They have memories of gaming growing up, but they also have memories of shows like TGI Fridays. They've just watched The Last Leg, for example. They're just coming from the pub and The Last Leg is finishing and then Games Master's on. And maybe they've mm. got the takeaway. <laughs> like they're interested in the show because they're seeing people play games that they used to play or interested in playing. And they're also watching the show because the show features games that they haven't heard of yet but maybe can make time to play like for me if i was to have a vt in a future games master thing like rab's obviously got the the educating Grado and his reviews and things like that i would like to have my own vt series which would just be like is it worth my time and it's literally aimed for parents like me or just just busy fucking people who don't know whether it's worth spending like x amount of money on playing this game like is it really worth me spending 60 quid to spend 100 hours in Assassin's Creed Valhalla down to like like I've just spend like 15 hours playing dredge um for example like is that worth my time like what should i actually bother playing if i only get to play like three games this year like what should those games be as opposed to like throwing loads and loads of different games that you're never going to get around to playing you're going to buy and then it's going to sit there in your steam library like that for me would be something that i would love to do
1: let's talk about that then because they did announce well you know they said they were looking for another brand partner for another series but that's press release you know the 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 sort of for sales thing does say a whole new games master it'll be a whole new like it kind of basically said like it's not going to be the same people it's going to be this whole new team and stuff what have been the discussions that you've had if you're able to tell you know if you don't want to talk about you don't have to but if you what conversations have you had over the last couple of years of the doing it again
3: so conversations i've had really from channel Four and from production team is 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 that don't be worried about like press releases, looking for sponsors. Like nothing is set in stone. Nothing is decided, but nothing can happen unless you have the money to make it. So Games Master coming back is not off the cards. Me being involved in Games Master is not a guarantee, but it's also not necessarily true that it would be entirely new. It's not necessarily true that I would not come back. For example, like none of us know. I had a really good time on the show. Um, I think I fit well in the role that I was given, and I think I have more to give. So I sound like I'm an X Factor right now, but like I would really love to do more if I can. I think gaming on mainstream channels is really difficult because there's so much content on Twitch and YouTube, but I do think there's room for that show. It's just, you know, maybe they'll do it slightly differently. So yeah, I have no idea. I think if they bring it back and the first thing I hear is like a casting announcement, I'm going to be slightly sad but i'm also going to understand as well like it wasn't anything i did wrong like i wouldn't take that personally like i'd be okay with it as long as i didn't find out from a press release and someone told me directly that would be nice to know but they have no obligation to do that i'm not pregnant anymore they don't have to look after my feelings
1: which aren't for happy with the show from what you could gather
3: yeah yeah definitely definitely um i think i think everyone was happy with the show i remember when the Guardian article came out, because it was written by Stu Heritage, he was one of my favorite writers. I, I, He's just brilliant and he's fucking funny. And the way he approaches pop culture is brilliant. Like look up his article when the Cocaine Bear trailer came out, for example. He's just irreverent and brilliant. And I loved his review of the show, obviously because it was a positive one. And he wrote something about me being watchable. And I really appreciated that. It was like, he didn't really need to write that because... We all stood out in our own ways, but um, I really appreciated that because I think I had the, I had the sort of so-called stiff neck role in a way. So to have someone kind of point out that like my work was palatable, I appreciate that a lot. So you know what, I got to be in the Guardian and in the Enemy, and like I'll take that. I'll take that.
0: Uh, Frankie, it's been such a joy to talk to you to have you back on. Uh, I was actually looking back at some messages that we exchanged around the time, like after the filming day. And we were just talking how lovely everyone seemed and how everyone on the production team seemed so enthusiastic about gaming. And Rab, we met him like for five words, that was it. But there is only one person that we used the word radiant about, and that was you. And it's true to this day. You just give off this amazing aura, this energy, this joy. And so thank you for sharing that with us again. If people want to get to experience some of this radiant aura, where can they find you online?
3: Thank you so much. I was going to say, just get pregnant. It works. Um,
0: <laughs> it's not an you. option for me. <laughs>
3: <laughs> thank you. That was very kind. Um, try tinted moisturizer. Um, so uh, Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash Frankie. I stream when I can. So I'm going to be cheeky. And so if you follow me, you might find out um, and get a live notification. Like it's normally like, 3 till 5 p.m. on a weekday. Um, Normally sort of Wednesday to Friday but to be honest I'm a mess of a human and it's when I'm not filming when I'm not away I will try and stream on a weekday. Twitter is just Frankie Ward. Instagram is at GetFrankGames and YouTube is forward slash Frankie Ward. Haven't really done too much on YouTube recently but I I did post a video about whale watching in America. I mean other things but also whale watching in America which was really fun. So yeah that's kind of Where I'm at at the moment. Hey, if anyone's doing a TV show about games or anything else and wants a presenter, I have taken the summer off and I'm looking for projects, so just let me know.
1: As always, a huge thank you to Frankie Ward for joining us on Under Consultation to talk about her experience working on the show and to give us a really good like, insider you know, information of what it was like on the front line being there and just uh, giving us our time because we always really do appreciate hanging out with her. Absolutely. It's always easy, I think, from our perspective. And
0: I think we both get this at times to feel like that we're maybe annoying people or hassling them frankie has never given us any indication that we are and it has been so giving with time with energy with turning up to our live show our last live show which i was genuinely overjoyed by and like recently her twitch streams have been just like a real afternoon booster for me so it was lovely to have her back on the show and be able to catch up with her but that is
1: going to do it for this week's episode next week it begins officially we're going to be revisiting episode one of series eight or the reboot or whatever you want to call it and then we'll be doing two and three after that and before our final wrap-up but yeah next week we're going back to series a back to the pumping station the victorian poo pumping station but for the latest on us you can find us on social media we are at under pod on twitter at under console on instagram and threads and you can send us an email to feedback at underconsultation.com
0: and if you want to catch up with us in real time chat with other listeners other fans of Gamesmaster, old and new You can do so over on our Discord, details of which can be found in the show notes or on our social media. And if you want to catch up with what I've been up to over on Twitch, which recently has included more wrestling nonsense, as well as playing Quake 2 Remastered, the Nintendo 64 Mission Pack, on Nightmare Mode for the first time. So never played Quake 2 Nintendo 64 version before, and I just went straight in at Nightmare. All of that can be seen over
1: on our Twitch channel, which is twitch.tv forward slash underconsolepod and if you want to spoil this podcast monetarily you can do so over at patreon.com forward slash under console pod and if you're on the free feed you can get next week's episode one week early and ad free at the 5 pound level and at the 10 pound level you get your name read out on the show like these fine folks Adam D Adam Warrington Andrew Greenwood Andy Arcadia Wild Bill Chris Price Chrissy26 Colin David Palmer Gordon Aiken Gordon Brands, Gordon Dempster Harriet Manga Girl I am Cheadle, Ian Roberts Ian Williams Jamie Joe McGonagall Joe Smith Kevin Kylie Lawrence Link Mark Matty Boo Misha Nick Phil RetroFan for everyone. Rich Richard Downer, Richard Major, Sean Selina, Simon, Sonic Adventure is great, David Fisher, I see what he did there, the amazing Cliff, Tom Dylan McEvoy, Tom S., William Cottingham, Xanderthal, and Zach. Thank you all so much for listening. We will see you in seven days' time. Take care, everyone. Good night.